0: Hi, this is Adrian from Ross Republic. Today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is um, the future of business banking, specifically about um, how to master the new competitive situation in business banking, how to create new digital business models. Um, And for that, I'm very happy that uh, Sebastian Dienst is joining us today. Hi, Sebastian, how are you doing?
1: Doing great. Hey, thanks for for inviting us or being here
0: thanks for joining thanks for joining so um basically to give a short introduction sebastian is the co-founder of reimagine a berlin based fintech um, and sebastian is a tech entrepreneur with 10 plus years of experience um, across software as a service finance and consumer products um, you started out as venture developer at rocket internet um, later fo- later joined the founding team of shore.com which is a b2b SaaS solution for local merchants he also helped to expand that into the us um, and next to all things tech and digital, Sebastian also is also passionate about um, inner technologies like mindfulness, um, neuroscience, as well as spirituality. And by founding Reimagine, Sebastian fused his passion for entrepreneurship, tech and finance um, with a deep drive towards systemic change and positive impact. Um, So what does Remagine do? Um, In my own words, uh, the way I see it, it's a digital finance platform um, that empowers uh, businesses through accounts, team cards and lending, and specifically um, non-dilutive lending. So you don't take equity stakes. uh, Businesses can get up to one million in funding. Um, You you give them kind of more control over the finances through accounts, as well as an, an analytics dashboard on top. And um, you also offer people and planet friendly features, which I think is very interesting. So we will talk more about your whole value proposition and what you do um, in a minute. But before that, I always wanna hear what kind of um, news you found interesting over the last weeks. Um, And to kick that off from my my side, recently Tink acquired FinTech Systems, a German B2B FinTech, which kind of um, spurred this uh, whole discussion that I saw on LinkedIn why often B2B or in general fintechs in Germany um, are often so focused on developing the local market, are getting kind of, um, you know, losing a lot of time with local market intricacies and the specifics of Germany. And until they have developed a product and got some revenue, um, they are acquired by, uh, you know, international fintechs that have better funding, maybe better execution. Um, maybe it's also a mindset question of, of, you know, also an execution question. And so I uh, would be very interested to hear also from your side, how you see the, the market currently um, in FinTech.
1: Yeah, uh, good question. So um, I think you're right on a few points there saying that it's a combination probably of factors, um, funding, mindset, I would add regulation, um, where the combination has led to many FinTech B2Bs to get really entrenched in the German market um, and build products um, that, you know, it's a fine balance between finding some depth and uh, building a a customer base here in Germany, but building a product that is uh, scalable and potentially more focused on hubs than like penetration throughout the entire geography. So I think here with Reimagine, for instance, we are thinking of our go-to-market within hubs. So in Germany, it's Berlin, Hamburg, Munich. But then once we have penetration there or higher density there, we're not gonna bother about you know the regional markets. We're gonna go straight to other uh, startup hubs, tech hubs in Europe. Um, obviously you need to, sort of make a conscious choice, intentional choice about this from the start to set up your processes internally as well as your tech uh, operational processes all up in a way that it, this is already embedded from the start. Um, but I think there's a tidal change now, a change in the industry where you know more and more are thinking internationally um, or just recently thinking about the investment into Trade Republic massive 900 million um, which is definitely going to take them abroad into many countries. So I think the ambition is definitely increasing and the potential for German B2B startups in the fintech space to be global.
0: Yeah, even though the funding came from the US, right? So it's uh, uh, a <laughs> right. growth grow, yeah. grow financing, grow financing problem, maybe also for German fintechs, specifically that they don't get like the funding from the local scene might also be um, one of the factors that contribute to this. But um, let's talk more about um, the topic of today, the future of business banking. So, um, yeah, I mean, my background is uh, in a similar area. I've been part of Holvi, which pretty much focuses on um, micro companies and freelancers. So I know that there's um, a huge, first of all, a huge target market. Um, Overall, the size is around 35 million um, freelancers, small. SMEs as well as um, like mid-sized SMEs um, across Europe. So it is a very big market, but it's also very fragmented. You know, you have um, barbershops, but also software companies that fall under these categories. Plus, you have this problem that the traditional way of how these businesses get funding is broken. So if you go to a local bank in Germany and maybe you have a digital business model, um, a SaaS subscription business model, um, you wouldn't necessarily maybe get the funding um, that you would like to get or that you would need because um, underwriting models and the whole traditional view on, on banks, how they assess risk. Um, has kind of led to um, an underbanked group. So you don't get always access to funding um, in the traditional sense. Um, So... I would, I would like to, to hear also from your perspective, like um, there is obviously an innovation opportunity in financing businesses um, through new technologies as, as well as new business models. Um, so can you maybe uh, shortly explain in your words what um, insights you had that led to the foundation of um, Reimagine? Um, what kind of triggered that uh, the foundation of the business and um, what your overall value proposition is that you offer with Reimagine?
1: Yeah, sure. So the insight I think was starting with the financing that the underwriting process can now, and this is only over the last, let's say four or five years that most data providers and vendors offer APIs. Um, you can optimize and standardize and really speed up the underwriting process by connecting to the r- original data sources, let's say sales, advertising and open banking sources where you're sitting, you're looking at the primary data sources at live data and not at BBRs or um, balance sheets, et cetera, which are still relevant and important to a certain extent, but this whole access to the um, yeah, flesh and blood of the company in a real live environment, uh, which you can then match to data models to speed up and optimize the underwriting model is really quite a big tidal shift, I think in in, uh, SME financing. Obviously, first focused on companies that have uh, revenues and or marketing online because you you would need to see those data pools respectively. Um, But we are really keen to build expertise in the long term to provide financing options to uh, any company, not just digital companies in a fairly um, yeah tech enabled digital way and always as founder friendly as possible. so um, we're starting with the startup segment so digital companies some of them are venture backed some are not more bootstrapped um, but basically their access to capital, is, especially debt financing is super slim right so traditionally, Um, I think most banks or lenders would look at these companies as very risky and um, difficult to underwrite. And I think we've learned now, especially now through COVID, where the digitization has really accelerated, that these businesses can be actually really resilient and robust, um, even if they're just a year old or younger, right? So we've financed companies that a normal bank would, really not touch with a long pole stick mm-hmm. um, because they don't have long BVR track record or... or um, machines. It, <laughs> or or <big> machines, <laughs> exactly. Um, and yet they have great unit economics. They have a thriving business. And if you put one euro on top of what they're doing, it generates more than one euro back. And you can really uh, look at that in a very data-driven way. And that was the initial, I think, insight. Um, combined with the insight that the pure lending model is at the end of day quite transactional and then potentially a race to the bottom. Um, and we're already seeing this in the U.S. a little bit and in the U.K. in very heated markets where um, ultimately the, the margins are getting cut down. Um, And so when we built Remagine, we really uh, wanted to build a product and an offering that has more customer touch points and stickiness uh, that goes beyond the lending product. And so we've built um, the whole positioning around a proper bank uh, environment where the lending can be a real good on-ramp to that experience. So you come for the financing and you stay for the bank, as well as potentially the other way around. So you come for the bank and you really get hooked in through the financing. Um, and what's important to mention is this all is wrapped in a clear positioning as a uh, bank that is concerned about impact and sustainability. So taking purpose and responsibility quite seriously as a financial provider. And so um, we wanna be part of the solution in the future and. Uh, sort of contrasting that let's say to a Deutsche Bank or HSBC that is treating funds quite irresponsibly at times, we want to incentivize for impact and sustainability so that's another component of the offering.
0: Yeah interesting, actually one uh, hypothesis that we have at Rosa Public is that um, same like digital every bank needs to be digital right now um you know you you don't have basically a future if you don't really invest in new digital products and also the underlying new business models that you can build today um and at the same time founding a company now also in banking without having um, a view on impact and purpose um is also um you know will not lead to success so you need to have it in your dna to actually um integrate sustainability in your business model um to survive in the future otherwise it, it won't work so there, there's like a given that you that every company should have so very happy to hear that that you see it the same way um, also one one thought that i had when looking at your um landing page and so on was that i could see what reminded me very much of pipe of the us um, it's a little bit different i think but at the same time um they also developed a new financing model for software as a service um companies that have uh, subscription business models um um, interestingly, what they did, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you know them, but what they did was on the one hand provide financing, um, revenue-based financing for SaaS, um, companies and on the, on the, um, kind of flip side, they, they, you know, give, uh, retail investors a new asset class to invest in because they, they yeah, get it's the a deposits. That's a marketplace basically. Yeah. Matching, um, like the securitization of these, um, future Cash flows um, for um, and for private investors um, to you know get, give them the deposits. So um, how do you see that? Was that an inspiration because they have been this I see as I can see quite su- successful in the US. Um, to- yeah,
1: um, a pipe came up a bit later than ClearBank, um, so yeah. a pipe came up when we were already starting with the first loans, and obviously if you think of first principles about like. Uh, how which bi- which kind of businesses uh, are prone to be pre-financed in terms of their revenues? A subscription business with a predictable um, churn rate is is a prime target, of course, because uh, you have these repeatable predictable revenues. you can factor in churn rates and then really give amazing options to to grow, which traditionally all these SaaS companies, um, or s- subscription businesses needed to raise equity, and you would have them going IPO, and the founders only owned, you know, two three percent of their company because they had to raise so much money along the way. In terms of the pipe business per se, um, it's slightly different. Not just on the supply of the refinancing side, <clears throat> but also the actual um, underwriting model is different because they actually sort of you they allow you to take um, uh, so subscribers and get them sort of turn them into cash right away so it's not necessarily the exactly the same underwriting model as with e-commerce so or with other models um, we are not doing exactly this model yet um, although we see great potential to get into that business at some point um, so yeah it's, it, it opens a whole new asset class to investors. Absolutely.
0: yeah and I think that's very exciting very interesting. Yeah, um, and talking about the basic setup of Reimagine now. So, um, as you said, like digital business models or digital businesses now basically provide a whole lot of data that um, banks could use for underwriting. Um, in your case, you're doing it. So, how long did it? How did you develop the the whole risk assessment or the risk engine that you're using? Did you develop that in house? Um, how long did that take? Was because I, I imagine this is one of your major USPs that you're. Like you're that you're using as a competitive advantage.
1: Yeah, I mean, so uh, we started from scratch, building uh, okay. it ourselves, um, yeah. trying to make sense of the main variables, um, like runway, return on advertising spend, um, different um, sort of metrics when it comes to the marketing side, different metrics when it comes to the sales side. And then it obviously really depends on the specific company and business case. So even though you can standardize and optimize a number of things, every single case has its unique uh, quality and you need to look at, you know, balance sheet and um, more the the, the more traditional uh, underwriting data as well. Um, But... Yeah, it is an interesting uh, endeavor, and it's still very early days. So I think most companies are used to getting equity financing, and it's sort of like a real trained muscle to only raise money by equity financing, and the shift is starting to happen um, in uh, in the startup ecosystem that you can really segment your budgets and thereby really save a lot of cash or Shares along the way, and it's not just about shares; it's also about control, right? Of staying mm. more independent, autonomous over the long term.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I'm I'm not sure if you can say this, but you you probably still have people that look at lending decisions, or is it all automated?
1: No, we still have people, and yeah, if you compare it to let's say an Evoca or an aux Money, uh, the uh, amounts can be quite high so we're we're, um, you know in the mid six digits sometimes or even high six digits um, and you can't really automize that because as I said every case is slightly unique Um, but it's getting quite fast and like let's say contrasting it to you go or one of these companies goes to a Sparkasse or a Raiffeisenbank instead they wouldn't even be served most likely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, and next to pipe, actually another company that, um, um, is in the same space that you are based in the UK is called Oak North. Um, they actually had a very similar story to what you told at the beginning, um, that there are more and more businesses and business models that don't fit the traditional underwriting model of most banks, you know, that don't have machines and so on. Um, as far as I know, the founders of, um, Oak North also had a previous, uh, very successful business based on, um, business intelligence, and they never could get access to funding, even though they were growing at amazing rates. Um, so that led them to the founding of Oak North. Um, so, uh. They, they basically provide their biz like their underwriting engine as a service to other banks but also have developed an own own customer facing um, proposition mm. so they also lend themselves um, so that the way you just um, described it as providing more stickiness not just lending even though it's your first vertical um, and you build value-added features around it um, would you describe your strategy also as uh, you know becoming more a platform that onboards users and businesses um, for a very specific you know a perfect product like lending and uh, the way you do it now in revenue based financing, um, but then provide more stickiness. So you, you're not, you're not just a one, one hit wonder in, fi- in, in providing funding, but also in, um, kind of becoming the main operating system of such a business because you're providing the accounts and so on.
1: Yeah. that's the intention. So we are framing it as the launch pad, financial launch yeah. pad for startups and digital companies. Um, and I think most SME or B2B neobanks um, have not really been able to capture significant market share when it comes to slightly more mature companies. So it's primarily the sole entrepreneurs and freelancers or micro businesses. And I think that there's a number of factors, of course, right? So bigger businesses are already quite entrenched in their bank account. Um, they have usually also certain use cases, um, or let's say the the bar to uh, for larger company to switch to your bank account is very high. So you need to have a lot of functionalities when it comes to expense management, accounting, etc., that are just a, a seat. You're just getting the seat at the table. And um, so we are seeing the financing as a segue into the relationship, which might start as a second or third bank account at first. But then over time, wowing people into the re experience because when it comes down to it ultimately even though most SMEs bank with traditional legacy banks most according to sort of data is uh, are really unhappy um and yet like the current new SME banks don't they, they, they're not up to scratch yet or they may serve as a different customer by offering invo- invoicing functionality etc which is more for the sole entrepreneur and freelancer so We believe there's a lot of white space, um, which will really be digitized and activated over the
0: next years. Absolutely, I can fully agree. Um, Basically, like my key insight from Holvi was also that, um, like this typical just offering a, a digital account and then. You know, provide some payments and cards around it, that's not that's not enough to really gain huge market shares because the incumbents, even though people are unhappy, they are slowly catching up. So it's getting more and more digital from their side as well. Um, not everything is perfect, that's true. Um, but looking at market share numbers, even smaller companies and startups, they still go to Commerzbank or the local Sparkasse. Um, sure. I think are also, as you mentioned, certain bubbles around Berlin, Hamburg, the big cities, um, I think there, um, everyone has heard Number 26 and Penta and all these kind of neobanks. But as soon as you leave the city, no one has heard of them. So it's it's um, it's actually it takes quite a while to get enough market share. Um, and I think there are also new propositions needed to actually do this successfully. So because the account to to make a business switch an account, it's um, you need to do a lot of. You, know, you need to be 10x better than what's there at the moment. And that's quite difficult to achieve. So I could see what you're offering is as well, um, as you said at the beginning, a platform that draws in different kinds of data. So um, what uh, can you share already? What kind of data you also want to bring in? Because I think that's also a big part of the stickiness that as a business, if you're running on Reimagine, that you get different kinds of insights um, as part of developer position. Is that something that you're working on?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because we um, have basically developed our own underwriting model based on these API connections, um, whether it's bank, marketing, sales. And we realized this is a pretty neat BI, right? For sometimes we understand these businesses better than they themselves because they're quite young and they might not have a CFO or some kind of BI system. And so we've now developed a analytics dashboard uh, which serves as a um, omni-channel view across all your bank accounts so you can plug in other bank accounts and in the future you will also be able to plug in marketing and sales accounts um, which gives you this view across your business kind of a CFO dashboard and also helps you with cash uh, sort of cash management in the sense we can anticipate or signal future outflows or inflows. As in, let's say Stripe is going to send you 20K next week on Thursday, we can show that by API call. Same, let's say an outflow happens to AWS uh, 12K on Monday. We can show that by API call. And so this is sort of the BI analytics portion of the uh, bank account, which over time gives us a ton of data to give proactive financing recommendations. So we might at some point say, hey, you might qualify to, for a loan of 200000 Um And so obviously, most likely miles ahead then of legacy banks that are still uh, want Jahresabschluss and BBRs or yeah. you know, asset-backed yes, securities it's a, to, to yeah. underwrite.
0: Absolutely. Um, I actually think if you especially look at um, business banking, as I said, like a digital accounts, I think that story is um, not really exciting anymore. So it's it's very hard actually to grow in these kind of um, kind of commodity businesses because an account is just a story where you you know for for a place for storing money. Um, but the way I see the market now, um, especially what you have mentioned with the different sources of data, that on the one hand What what especially businesses and high growth businesses need is kind of one system of intelligence where you can basically see in one dashboard or in one like provider your data and especially have predictive analytics on top of it where you can actually get valuable insights. Because right now, if you look into your commerce bank account or into um, one of the new banks' accounts, it doesn't give you any insights into how your business is doing. It's actually what, they, what most of them did was just digitalizing existing products and making them digitally accessible. But I feel like there's a split in the market where on the one hand you will have aggregators, like remagine where you have different kinds of data flowing in um, which are on the one hand used to create better products, which you're doing in your financing model, um, but also um, aggregate different kinds of services um, in, in, under one hood, so to speak. You know, you, so you don't have this fragmentation of tools or bank accounts anymore, but um, you just plug them in. So the bank account is really a commodity. You could still have three bank accounts at incumbent banks, but you're, ha- you're, you're never locked in anymore at those incumbent banks because you have everything under reimagined, for example. So that's how I see the market going more and more um into aggregator models which um which will be very successful in my in my opinion because they're like the mm. you know you can reach massive um economies uh, of, of, of scale on the demand side basically because you, yeah. you keep providing so much value on the other hand like oak north in the uk they're more platform so they basically provide their credit engine for other banks and so on so so they're more mm. like the back end of these things and um, and I see those these two models actually as um, the winners so it's and it's mm. not going to be stuff uh, probably, but it will be these new type of models about geobuilding, mm. for example. Mm. Mm. So I think that's very interesting. Um, so so if you speak now about your value proposition right now, it's accounts. Um, you have t- cards as well already integrated. Um, you provide the dashboard and, of course, the financing. Um, is that correct? Uh, that's can correct? you already Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. That's, and, um, that's, that's
1: what we're going into the market with.
0: Yeah. And you're still focusing mostly on the key vertical lending um, to optimize that or... Um, because i can imagine you could you get pulled in all kinds of different directions. Um, yeah your... so
1: the the lending is is probably one of the bigger on- ramps um yeah. if, if you you know just like we just said um the the banking the bank account per se is a bit of a commodity at this point and so yeah. um the lending is an on-ramp and um, for some it will be also the impact from uh, positioning as mm-hmm. in aligning their business with their values and yeah. not parking their money, which has big sort of network and downstream effects with Deutsche Bank or whatever they're banking with. Yeah. Um, but the real so we usually always say we uh, compete on product and price and yeah. connect the customer to a better world. So it's it's more this sort of cherry on top that mm-hmm. um, its values aligned for people. Um, and in combination, I think we have a very strong uh, selling proposition on the market.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you we, if we then um, talk a little bit about an outlook in the future, um, are there any like specific businesses or maybe also compared to your experience in scaling uh, a business in the US? Um, now you're doing it in, in, in Germany. So how like what's your outlook on this whole industry? Um, what are like your key milestones? What, what, what would give you or what would get you to the next level here? Um, in terms of, you know, do do you need to win against certain competitors or are there certain milestones that you want to hit in the coming, um, in the future?
1: Yeah, so we're going live with the bank accounts in Q3, um, but going full steam with the financings at the moment, really scaling that up. Um, And so once the bank accounts are live, we're really launching a bunch of partnerships with um, players in the ecosystem, uh, whether it is more on the sort of startup side, um, like VCs, incubators, startup hubs, etc., cetera, um, as well as on the more impact sustainability related side. Um, and we do want to become really the financial launchpad for startups um, over the next two years um, here in Germany and maybe a few other countries already. So as I said at at the beginning, we're we're looking at the scaling strategy from a hub perspective. So in Germany, Berlin, Hamburg, Munich, and then already scanning the market for the right approach to jump into other hubs. Um, Yeah, so we're uh, optimizing the lending. Uh, We're going live with the bank accounts in Q3 um, and then really bringing this financial launchpad for startups to the market. Uh, first in Germany, in the hubs that I mentioned, so Berlin, Hamburg, Munich, and then already scanning the market for the right uh, city hubs uh, across other European countries.
0: Okay, great. Um, so right now you're on a wait list, right? So any business that would like to get into your, uh, or would like to try it out, can uh, sign up at um, at your website. <laughs> um, exactly.
1: reimagine.io.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um, and um, and uh, my last question would be, because your model is so unique at the moment, I think it's quite difficult or impossible to compare what you're building against or to um, the incumbent banks or other new banks. Do you feel like um, there are even competitors that you see in the market? Is it more in the software accounting domain or traditional banks? Um, Who do you define as as the companies that still serve your target groups, but maybe not as good as you can provide them uh, in the future?
1: Well, of course, the legacy banks, I mean, we see it with our financing clients, most of them bank with the traditional legacy banks. Um, But then you also have now the credit card offerings coming into the market, um, which is an interesting play. And we're very intrigued by how it's received by the market. I I think there's definitely a difference between the U.S. and the German or European market when it comes to credit cards. and then there's a whole host of, of others, right? So the uh, alternative lenders, um, as in also venture debt, if you want to look at it that way. And then you have the software companies that are now embedding financing. So the whole space is just really big, big, big change and lots of upheaval. And I think that's what makes it so interesting. Um, definitely the legacy banks are going to have a tough time no matter what. Um, So many uh, sort of new incumbents from all sides taking pieces out of their business model. Um, I I think it's too early to tell what's going to be the primary approach or the new, let's say, behemoth in the industry. But um, certainly a lot of movement. I mean, just the financing for Trade Republic uh, two days ago, I think really... Uh, shows what it means to build a, they're like two, three years old, and really impressive growth growth story there.
0: Absolutely agree. And also just to have it mentioned, um, Remagine actually uh, puts a certain percent of profits into um, sustainable um, causes, right?
1: Yeah. So we built the product in a way that there's always some um, kickback or some kind of positive externality being generated. So whether you do a financing with us, whether you open an account, um, or whether you use the card, there's always some kind of impact component built in. Um, we, we believe sort of, you know, we can uh, change the incentive structures around money. So most people probably would think that money is bad or it's dirty or it's like the root of all evil or something. We think it's neutral. It, it, it depends on the incentive structures that are constructed around money. Um, And you can create some very positive ones that lead to um, not the uh, race to the bottom, but a race to the top.
0: Amazing, yeah. So thanks uh, a lot, Sebastian, for having joined our um, short podcast today. I think your model is very interesting. I think, uh, as I said, um, in terms of aggregation and building a new system of intelligence for for digital businesses, that sounds very promising. So um, yeah, we will hear more from you, I'm sure, in the future. Um, So thanks for taking the time.